Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time it is if you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, and uh, this is, I don't know if this is going to be the actual pregame podcast or not, kind of the, kind of going back and forth. I probably, at least right now, should need to do one more podcast before the big game on Sunday against the 49ers, mainly because we have a clear understanding and picture as far as the injury list which I'm going to go over as far as, um, you know, what was released for the first time this week as far as the injury picture heading into Sunday, and it's a pretty busy one. I'll just give you a forewarning of that. But lots to talk about in just Eagles news in general. So I thought it was a good idea to, um, you know, to, to share it in a podcast and give you my thoughts on, on quite a bit of developments this week, including – one of the greatest Eagles. Um, I will probably go as far as saying of all time, certainly at the wide receiver position, in terms of the impact that he made. Deshaun Jackson today signed a one-year contract. I'm sorry, a one-day contract. Excuse me, I don't want to get people too excited. A one-day contract to retire as an Eagle. So Deshaun Jackson, number 10, is hanging up the cleats. And he is doing so this week. Uh, he did so today, as a matter of fact. Like I said, signed a one-day contract with the Eagles to retire as a Philadelphia Eagle. Much, much respect to Deshaun Jackson. How many highlights and thrills and exciting plays did this guy make in his career with the Eagles and elsewhere? Even when he went to Washington, you know, he still made some really big plays then. Leads the NFL. Now, Tyreek Hill may break this record. But right now, Deshaun Jackson is the NFL's all-time leading receiver or playmaker with over 50-yard touchdowns. Um, again, I think probably the only guy that I would say is a threat to that would be Tyreek Hill. I don't have the current numbers where they stand, but right now, like I said, Deshaun Jackson owns that record. So congratulations to Deshaun Jackson. Major shout-outs from a huge Eagles fan. Ironically, as you know, I, I do um, have a personal collection of Philadelphia Eagles memorabilia and sports cards and all that. And I recently, I would say about three weeks ago maybe, maybe a month ago, I picked up one of his um, rookie patch autographs that I that I never had in all these years of collecting. I got a few of his autographs but and a few of his rookie cards, his really good rookie cards, but never got that one for some reason. Is SB Authentic out of uh, 2008, uh, for those of you who are in, who uh, are familiar with the uh, sports card market and hobby. So that was a cool pickup. And, yeah, so he's now retired as an Eagle, and they will honor Deshaun Jackson this Sunday, wasting no time, as he will be the honorary captain during the Eagles-49ers clash. And that will be a good segue into, obviously, the talking points into this podcast before we dive any deeper into the subject matter at hand. Uh, thank you for tuning in as always. And remember you can email us at the show. Let us know your thoughts, predictions, comments, whatever questions at P E T W G P 
at gmail.com. Again, that's P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. All right, so uh, take advantage of that. Way to communicate with the show. Let me know you're out there. Say hello, whatever. And uh, I want to quick, uh, quickly shout out, because it's been a while since I've done that, all of the um, supporting platforms that carry Fulfilled Off Eagles Talk with Jeff, that being Amazon, Apple, iTunes, uh, Audible.com, iHeartRadio. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, Spotify, of course. Uh, thank you to all those platforms you can find this podcast on. Or like I would tell people, you can just simply search Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff on Google or any of the search engines and the, uh, the show should appear. So while you're on the page, by the way, take a second and follow the show. Um, rate the show. Five stars, of course. But seriously, it does help out the podcast very, very much. But, um, you know, follow the show so you don't miss any future content. And, uh, and yeah, I had to get that out of the way. It's been a while since I kind of went through that gamut. So uh, appreciate it. All right, so here we go. The big game, the one that we, outside of Dallas, because that's just a given. This was the game that we had double circled on our calendars this year mainly because of all of the whiny crybabying that came out of San Francisco after the Eagles kicked their ass in the NFC Championship game last season. All they did was whine, the players even, not just the fans. Fans are one thing, they, you know. But the players whining, you know, even McCaffrey, who I got a lot of respect for as a player. And I, you know, guys know I love Debo Samuel. I always said he'd be a great eagle. I, I love that guy, just what he can do and all the tools he has and what an impact player he is and how tough he is. I mean, he's just one of the toughest wide receivers in the league. But he's run, been running his mouth and continues to run his mouth this week. McCaffrey hasn't said anything as far as um, as far as I know um, coming into this game. He did have comments after the game last year as well as some, several other 49er fans or uh, players and fans. You know, talking about, oh, you guys beat us without our quarterback. Well, you we got we knocked your quarterback out of the game. It's not like he was injured before the game or was sick and didn't play or left the game with uh, an injury. Or I mean, he did leave the game with an injury. But, you know, uh, I guess, you know, leave practice during the week with an injury or got hurt during the week and came into the game injured. You know, you guys couldn't protect your quarterback. That's part of football. Hate to tell you. And as I always like to remind not only the fans, but the players, if they're listening, the Eagles were beating you when Purdy was in the game. So keep whining, keep crying as you're coming back to the link this weekend and play us again. And maybe your quarterback can stand his feet this time. And we'll see what happens. Let the... Let the uh, let everything fall into play, right? So here we go. Enough whining. They talked to Bradbury today, and Eagles aren't taking the bait. They interviewed a lot of the Eagle players today, and they're saying all the right things. And mainly it's because of Jalen Hurts, their leader, never gets involved in any of this kind of stuff, as we know. Now the Eagles do have trash talkers. We know Brandon Graham is one of the best in the league. They talked to Brandon, and even he's kind of being low-key right now. He certainly is acknowledging some of the smack talk and expects it to be a, uh, you know, a lot of people throwing the word bloodbath around, you know, meaning there's just going to be a battle, which we knew. I've been using the word, the word war, which is, 
I hate using that word because war is war. But in the context of football, this is going to be a war. These two teams don't like each other. It's a building rival throughout the NFL right now, Eagles and 49ers, because they're both really good teams. And make no mistake, the 49ers are the only team in the league that, in my opinion, can stack up to the Eagles talent-wise. It's the only one. I think the Eagles had the best record in the NFL, best of, well, they do have the best record in the NFL, but the best roster in the NFL. And I think that the 49ers can also make that claim also. That's how close they are. They are loaded, both both on offense and defense. And defensively, they're better than we are. I mean, let's just face facts. They get a better defense than us. Offensively, it's debatable. Um, you know, as you go through the positions, and I'll just do it quick off the cuff here. Quarterback, uh, you know, the advantage goes to the Eagles with Hurts over Purdy. Offensive line, Eagles over the 49ers, although the 49ers have a good offensive line. Defensive line, I'm going to call it a wash. I think you can make a case for either offense, uh, defensive line and, and these teams. That's how close they are. So I'll call that one a wash, especially with the addition of Chase Young. They have a really deep line. Guys that can not only stop the run but rush the quarterback. So I think it's a fair assessment there. Um, in comparing the two, linebackers, huge, huge edge. It's not even debatable, not even talkable. Is that a word, talkable? Not even comparable, not even not even a worth a discussion. Their linebackers are leagues better than ours because they have the best linebackers in the NFL, and we probably have the worst. So there's probably no bigger gap between the two at linebacker. Safeties? They lost their uh, safety, the uh, guy out of USC there. Uh, can't remember how to pronounce his name, but a good young player there. Uh, he's out, I believe, for the season, or at least out for a long time. I think he tore something uh, a couple weeks ago. So they're really lacking depth at safety. So believe it or not, this might be the only team that we can say we have better safeties than, uh, especially with Bayard coming on lately and, you know, Blankenship. I didn't think Blankenship had that great of a game last week, but overall he's played pretty well this year. Um, so give the edge, slight edge to the Eagles and safety. And then cornerbacks probably wash also. I think wash, I think uh, San Fran's got some pretty decent corners and, and the Eagles obviously do too. So that's, if you break down the teams, tight end is a huge advantage with Kittle over, uh, you know, no Goddard in his offense. Now, Goddard, I'm going to go over the injury list in a moment, but he's apparently going to try, and he hopes that he might be able to play this weekend. I think he's highly, highly doubtful at this point. But we'll see. He would be at the early part of the 46 weeks in the original injury timeline. He's at the fourth week this weekend. So will he be ready? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think it's possible. I'm not going to say it's a no. I I just think it's doubtful, but we'll see. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to get a, another podcast in for the game probably on Friday. So um, Friday or Saturday, we'll put it that way. Uh, so Goddard, if he was playing, 
I'd probably give the edge a slight edge to Kittle, but without Goddard lineup, they have a huge uh, edge at the tight end position. Wide receivers, it's close. You guys might just want to say automatically AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but Debo Samuel and Ajuk, Ayuk rather, Ajuk. I have to have at least one last name scrub per episode. That's in my contract. Brandon Ayuk uh, and Debo Samuel. They are very close to the Eagles, too. Now, I'll still give the Eagles, you know, the edge at wide receiver and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But that's a really, really solid wide receiver tandem and combination there in San Fran as well. And then running back, obviously, McCaffrey's the best in the NFL. Uh, they have the edge at running back. Uh, so a lot of edges. You're kind of listening to the uh, kind of the common thread here. 49ers... You could argue position by position, by position have a better team. So that's why it's going to be war. And and what makes this game obviously of the utmost importance for the Eagles is this is the home field advantage game. This is it. You know, this one in the next week versus Dallas. This is for home field in the NFC playoffs. So the Eagles need to win one of these two games. They got to pick one of them off. Which one is it going to be? It's probably easier to beat the 49ers here in Philly than Dallas on the road, which they haven't lost all year. But I think the Eagles have a fair chance at both games. But it probably is easier this one. Now, ironically, or I don't know which way you want to look at this, but for the third straight week, it's also going to be rainy conditions. Remember out in Kansas City, they played in the rain. Last week, was it rained even worse in Philly. Uh, and then it's supposed to rain again uh, Sunday evening in Philly, pretty much throughout the game, much like this past weekend. Just doesn't look like it's going to be much of a break. Uh, and it's going to be like the modern rain again. So it's going to be another sloppy game. Who does that favor? I don't know, because they both can run the ball. So it's... Maybe it favors the Eagles because they're used to playing in slop for the last two or three weeks, so maybe I'll give a slight edge to the Eagles just because they're used to playing in those conditions right now. I don't know what weather 49ers were playing in the last couple weeks or, or for the year, but you would have to think that because especially the Eagles have been playing in the last two weeks that they are much more used to that inclement conditions than the 49ers, so hopefully that works in the Eagles' favor. Either way, expect another rainy game uh, on Sunday. Um. The other big news this week is the chase for Shaq Leonard. Um, he met with the Cowboys yesterday, left without a contract, and he, he came to the Eagles today, met with the with Eagles brass, and left without a contract. Apparently, according to reports, his agent said that he is going to uh, make a decision over the next several days. So I think it's surprising that he left the Eagles without a contract. Um, that could mean that maybe the Eagles don't like some of the things that they um, – some of the insight they have on him. I'm, I'm actually surprised. I, I thought once he got out of Dallas that he would not leave Philly without a contract. But it could also be this. It also could be that you know I'm reading into that too much, and it might be just him doing his own due diligence – knowing that he basically told both teams, 
I don't plan on leaving either one of you with the contract. I want to talk to you both and then figure it out. So we'll see. You'd like to think that the Eagles have the edge, mainly because of the relationships that Darius Leonard, a.k.a. Shaq Leonard, has with the Eagles, namely in Seriani and some of the assistant coaches who have played and coached him in the past. He has a direct relationship with those guys. Now, that being said, one thing that Mike Gill, I'll give him the credit when I was listening to him earlier today on Jacob Sports, he mentioned, and he thought he made a great point, that the Eagles have probably more of an insight on this guy as far as his health, as far as his ability to help this team, uh, and what he's got left in the tank than the Eagles do because they have a direct contact uh, and link with Shane Steichen, obviously, who's the head coach of the Colts, our former offensive coordinator last year. You have to be – you have to – I think – it's probably an obvious consideration that they have talked to each other, that either Howie's talked to him directly or Nick has talked to Shane directly and have asked him point blank, hey, you guys just cut this guy. You know, what has he got left? Why'd you cut him? You know, can he help us? Uh, Dallas is not going to have those conversations with Indianapolis. So it could go one of two ways. Shane could tell him, you know what, he really is, you know, we cut him for a reason. He's just got nothing left. He's not the same player. He's just doesn't doesn't have it anymore. Or he does have it, and you guys should you guys should sign him. One or the other. Because you can understand why the Colts cut him because he is a super they have they ate a lot of his cap just to release him. Uh, which is kind of interesting, too, because they are still kind of battling for the playoffs, which they're not out of the playoff hunt yet, and they cut the guy. So it makes you think that they they don't think he's got a lot. You would have to at least feel that that must be the, the reason because they could certainly use that guy as they are in the playoff hunt for sure. Or maybe it's just strictly a cap, a cap casualty. They're willing to eat the contract and – let them go somewhere else. I don't know. But the point is the Eagles have far more insight on what he's got left because it would have likely been shared between the two than the Cowboys do. So maybe that's why he left on the contract today. Maybe the Eagles are not sold on what he's got left and are willing to pay him a certain amount of mo- only a certain amount. And maybe Dallas has put more on the table, but they don't not aware of the fact that maybe the guy's doesn't have much left. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next couple of days uh, while he makes his decision. It wouldn't surprise me if he makes his decision tomorrow. I know it says several days, but it might. I think it could be tomorrow that he makes a decision. I just got a, I don't know, got a gut feeling about it. Maybe we'll hear something from him by Friday at least. We'll see. And I'll certainly update you with the latest on the next podcast. Uh, with any updates on that. But for me, I know the guy was at one time one of the best linebackers in the NFL, and it wasn't too long ago, but he's had a lot of injuries. His back, namely, and back is always a really big-time problem. You know, So if he's not able to overcome the injuries that he sustained in his career and it's back-related, that, especially for a linebacker, and his production is way down this year too. So all the indications are – 
that there was good reason for the Colts to release him. Now, here's the thing. Okay, so he's not the player that he once was. He's not an all-pro anymore. He's not a pro bowler. He's not all-world. We know that. Anyone that's expecting him to come in and be that type of an impact, that ain't happening because Andy wouldn't have released him if that was the case. So he's not the same player. But that being said, is he still better than what the Eagles have? And I would probably argue that he probably is because the Eagles don't have much at all. They are really thin now with the injury to Cunningham at linebacker. And we don't know how long or how bad his, you know, his hamstring is. I'm going to go again through the injury list here in a moment. But, uh, you know, hamstrings can linger. And right now you got Ellis coming in as the starter as of right now without knowing the status of Cunningham. And you got him and Morrow, and that's it. So, to me... The Eagles just need a body. So it's probably going to come down to money. And who's going to offer more like it usually usually is. Now, if, if the Cowboys and Eagles are pretty close with what they're offering them, maybe it comes to the Eagles because, again, he has a relationship here. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Plus, obviously, the Eagles have a better chance of, of a Super Bowl than, than Dallas does. So... If that's playing it, but both teams are playoff teams too, so it's not like one is and one isn't. So there's not really much of an edge there, as you probably would like to have. So I don't know. We'll we'll keep our eyes on it. Um. So you know, one of the big remarks coming out of the trash talking is is Debo Samuel, who basically called Bradbury trash. Called him trash last season. And they asked him if he wanted to take back what he said. Uh, and Debo said, no, I'm not taking back anything I said. So the trash talking remains out of Debo. And they asked Bradbury about it today, and he's taking a high road. You know, he just said basically that he wished he used a different word to describe him, but he's just going to be focused on the game and and let it play out in the field. So, uh, again, Eagles taking a high road, not getting involved in all the – all the remarks coming out of San Francisco, they like to run their mouths over there. And uh, basically the message from the Eagles is we're going to, we'll see you on the field. So, uh, you know, it does, it does amp up this game. It does, it does. I, I do like rivalries. This is what makes rivalries fun. So 49ers want to run their mouth and make excuses about them losing last year. All right. Well, then come into the link and, and prove it then. You know, they have an extra three days of rest. They have a huge advantage coming to this game anyway in terms of health and just overall, um, you know, energy-wise because they have an extra three days. They played last Thursday night. So an extra three days to prepare and heal up. And the Eagles obviously played something like 92 plays defensively. So the defense was on the field for a long time and a lot of plays just Sunday night. So they are coming with their energy levels low if you're going to like a arcade-like comparison. You know, that, that energy level for the Eagles, that bar was all the way down to zero. So there's an advantage there for the 49ers coming in this game. They have extra rest, which, by the way, the schedule makers did not do the Eagles much favors at all this season. We already know they had the toughest schedule in the NFL. 
They also have one extra away game this year, you know, because there's 17 games now. So the one extra game is away for the Eagles. And on top of that, they gave both the, well, all three, if you want to count, but the Eagles did, to be fair, the Eagles also had a bye. But if you, the last three weeks, the Chiefs, one of the best teams in the league, had a bye week to prepare for the Eagles. The 49ers have 10 days to prepare for the Eagle game. And Dallas plays tomorrow night. And they're going to have 10 days to prepare for the Eagles next week. So what the hell is that all about? I was thinking about that today. They totally screwed the Eagles schedule-wise. But yet this team is 10-1. and one. All right. Probably explains why the Eagles are underdogs for this game, which is the other kind of story for this game. So the Eagles being 10-1 and one at home, where they haven't lost all year. And they haven't lost much in the last couple of years. The Eagles just don't lose at home. Like they lost to Washington last year at home. I think that was it. It was the only home loss, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was. Um, but they're underdogs to the 49ers. The game's been fluttering between two and a half and three points. So for a 10-1 Eagles team to be at home and be an underdogs by three points is a little bit insulting. I mean, hopefully the Eagles feel that way and they come out with some more fire. Maybe this is the extra kick and motivation they need after being exhausted last week after that long game against the Bills. So we'll see how that all plays in. But you know, I talked to Sariani about it. I was going to play some some press clips, but nobody, nobody really said anything too too worthy in, in my view of, of actually uh, you know playing the recording back for you. But to surmise what Sirianni said about being an underdog, he just said, "Hey, the first thing I knew about Philly when I came here was uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed. We like playing the underdog here." That was essentially what Sirianni said about being an underdog. This weekend to the 49ers at home, even though they're 10-1. And beat the same team less than a year ago. Handily. Oh, but we didn't have Purdy the whole game. We had him at the start of the game. All right, let's get into the injury list. And this is the latest as of Wednesday. So keep that in mind, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Um, this is um, the first release of the injury list for the Eagles. I don't know the 49ers, by the way. Um, I will have the full injury report with the uh, preview podcast later this week, okay, and I'll have an update on it. But as of today, it's still interesting to take a look at because it's the first indication we have as far as the possibility of some of these guys playing this weekend. So here we go. So did not practice on the following. Cal Cachero, the tight end. Fletcher Cox did not practice. That I wouldn't find is too alerting, so don't be crazy about that one right now, okay? That doesn't mean that his prognosis for this weekend is not good. Uh, typically, he doesn't practice anyway the first practice of the week uh, just because he's one of the older players. So um, that really doesn't mean a heck of a lot. Cunningham, this is the guy all eyes will be on. Zach Cunningham did not practice. 
not even in a limited capacity. So now he's a guy who normally does. So we'll keep an eye on that. We don't know the status. There was no update given by Sirianni in terms of any specifics on his injury other than um, it's kind of a wait and see. So um, Justin Evans also did not practice. He remains out. It's funny. They were talking about him coming back a couple weeks ago, and he still has not played. So I don't know what's going on with him. He must have had a setback, clearly. But he did not practice. And, of course, Dallas Goddard, who's hoping to play this Sunday. But he did not practice either, and that's no surprise either. Here's the guys who did practice, but on a limited basis. A.J. Brown, uh, Jordan Davis, that's a hamstring on Davis. Um, Lane Johnson, this is good news. Lane also is reported to have said that he plans on playing Sunday, which is a huge, huge uh, addition if he's able to. Obviously, that goes without saying. Lane Johnson continues to be a warrior, and, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to be out there. Uh, it appears that he's trending in that direction. Uh, Jones, wide receiver, got a knee. Uh, I don't know how he didn't hardly played last week, so I'm not sure when he got hurt. But uh, And then DeAndre, uh, not DeAndre, Devontae Smith, uh, same thing with a knee. Now, we saw him limp off the end of the game, so that's not surprising to see him on the list, but uh, as far as we know, and again, we'll get an update on this later this week, but uh, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about, but he and he did practice also. These guys, again, all limited practice today. So DeMonte was out there in a limited capacity. Same with DeAndre Swift. I don't know that he was injured, but apparently he's got a, he's banged up a little bit as well. Limited. And uh, Mo Williams, uh, another key, especially to provide depth that this Eagles D-line is going to need. They need to definitely have a rotation after playing all those snaps last week. So him hopefully getting through concussion protocol this week, and I would think that, that he should be able to, is going to be huge uh, and a welcomed addition to get him back this week. So uh, he will be the only one with fresh legs for sure. So that's what we have in terms of the uh, injured list. All right. And finally, lastly, I just kind of want to talk about is Nolan Smith. We all are super, super excited about uh, Jalen Carter and his contributions this year. He's been he's been amazing from blocking field goals to trying to intercept the spike uh, to, you know, providing pressure and playing well against the run. Just he has been everything that we expected him to be and maybe even then some. You know, now he's not a sack master machine yet. Uh but he gets a lot of pressure. And you remember I mentioned last uh, podcast that that interception that Evan, um, that Allen threw last week was because of the push up the middle by Jalen Carter. That Bradbury's pick. You know, he's doing things every game. He's been awesome as our first pick in last year's first round. Our second pick in last year's first round, and everybody was – excited about. Nolan Smith, I would say at this point, you have to say has been a disappointment. You know, now he hasn't got a lot of playing time, but when he's been on the field, let's face it, he has not really done much. At least from what I've seen. And again, small sample size. I'm not trying to kick dirt on the guy. I'm not. 
we're all very hopeful, and and, and obviously I'm not going to say that the guy's been a bust. It's not my point. Just wanted to bring him up because I haven't talked about him much. But, you know, he's a first-round pick. And I think it's not too much to ask that you'd expect to see more out of him and more of him out of your first-round pick. So why isn't that? Why do we not see him more in the field more? Is it because he's not ready? Begs the question. Is he not big enough? Is that the question? That was a concern coming out of college. I don't know. But we haven't seen a lot of of, uh, Nolan Smith. And like I said, what we have seen uh, hasn't been all that impressive. His only sack that he has, he wasn't blocked. So, I mean, you know, you better get the quarterback if you're not blocked. So, I don't know. A lot going on in the Eagles land. Huge game. Deshaun Jackson retiring. What's going to happen with Shaq Leonard and some of the smack talk going back and forth uh, between the teams and an injury list that we're all going to be anxiously waiting to see what Friday's update will be. Until then, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow. Like I said, stay tuned. Come back. Look for the next podcast to drop in either Friday or Saturday this week. We'll do the actual preview of the 49er game. Take a look to give my final thoughts on the injuries and the game itself. He's the victory and all that fun stuff. And in the meantime, you know how it goes. Fly, you fly. Make sure you come on back. Thank you again for listening. Take care. Fly, Eagles, fly.